Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Pastor Katie Warren, and what a gift it is that we can connect here in this way. I hope this podcast is a blessing to you. And today, we're going to talk about actually bad days. We all have them, probably more frequently than we would like. And oftentimes it can feel like not just a bad day, but like we're having bad weeks or months or even longer seasons of our lives that can feel so overwhelming or exhausting, just downright terrible, that as people of faith, we might begin to wonder where God is in the midst of it all. So today we're going to take a look at one man in particular, his name is Job, who is facing an especially difficult time in his life. And we'll think about maybe how his words might help us reframe our own bad days. So, Maybe the story of Job is generally familiar to you or you know the basic premise, but here's some excerpts from the first and second chapters of the Old Testament book of Job. 
There once was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. And one day, the heavenly beings came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro upon the earth and walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant, Job? There is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still persists in his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him for no reason. Then Satan answered the Lord, Skin for skin, all that people have they will give to save their own lives. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, Very well, he is in your power, only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and inflicted loathsome sores upon Job from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Job took a potsherd with which to scrape himself and sat among the ashes. Then Job's wife said to him, Do you still persist in your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job said to her, You speak as any foolish person would. Shall we receive the good at the hand of God and not receive the bad? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So, with that reading, let's turn now to a few thoughts that I'd like to share about Job and his faith in the midst of bad days. Just a couple of weeks ago, several of us here on staff were having a conversation one day about our favorite children's books. And we were sharing not only about the various books we loved, but why they had struck such a chord with us that we would remember them even decades later. And my mind immediately went to one of my most favorite books, which is Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Maybe you remember this book or you're familiar with it. If you're, if you're not familiar, uh, you could probably tell by the title that the book details a very bad day in the life of a red-haired little boy named Alexander. And from the moment he wakes up and he discovers gum is stuck in his hair, it is clear that this day is no good. From there, things seem to get progressively worse. Among other things, he stubs his toe as he gets out of bed and trips over his skateboard in his room. He has to go to the dentist and he discovers he has a cavity. Alexander's best friend, Paul, decides at school that day that someone else is now his best friend. And worse yet, when he gets home from school that evening, he discovers that his mom has made lima beans for dinner. And Alexander hates lima beans as maybe many others of us do. So at the end of this long, frustratingly awful day, Alexander puts his pajamas on and he sort of crawls into bed as his mom is tucking him in. And she says to him, some days are like that. And with that, the book ends. And I think one of the things that I've always loved about this book is that it doesn't attempt to give a reason 
for why all these terrible, horrible things happened to Alexander. It doesn't try to reassure the reader that there is a perfectly reasonable explanation for why Alexander gets soap in his eyes when he's taking a bath, or that somehow Alexander deserved it when his older brother made fun of him, or the family cat chose to sleep on somebody else's bed and not his. Some days are like that, Alexander's wise mother tells him. Now, I'm certain that this children's book is in no way meant to convey some sort of theological depth here, but I do think, actually, that there is a relatable message to each of our own lives, too. Sometimes there simply is no good explanation for why we have bad days, no justification for why bad things happen to good people, or why, any, or why we have any good reason that any person at any time would be facing any number of challenges or struggles in their own lives. Instead, especially when it comes to our lives of faith, faith asks us to see ourselves and our own lives as part of a much larger story. A story where God is present and active and loving in the midst of our very best, happy, joy-filled days and in those no-good very bad ones, too. So take, for example, then, this story of Job that many of us may be at least vaguely familiar with. It seems pretty clear that he is having his own terrible, horrible day, honestly much worse than Alexander's. And where our reading picks up today, Job finds, we find Job that he's grieving the loss of nearly every valuable possession he has, thousands of sheep and oxen and His servants have been struck by lightning. Worst of all, his ten children are all dead. And if all that wasn't enough, Job breaks out in these awful, painful sores from head to toe. And any one of those things might be enough to break a person's spirit. All of it seems unbearable and unbelievable and completely unfair. Job is this person of integrity, the scripture says, and of deep faith. So why should he, of all people, have to face such suffering? Why should anyone, for that matter, have to deal with such pain? And those closest to Job are wondering the same thing. So Job's wife says, you might as well just curse God for letting this happen to you. It is clearly God's fault. How could you possibly retain any bit of faith. And later on in the story, we didn't hear this part, but if you keep reading through the story of Job, you hear his friends try to offer their own explanation. And they have decided that this terrible sequence of events, it is only explainable that Job must have done something to deserve it. He has sinned or disrespected God or did something to make God awfully angry. But Job... In the midst of all these people trying to give him all sorts of explanations, his own response to what happened is he says, well, should we receive the good at the hand of God and not receive the bad? In other words, maybe there is no good explanation. If we as faithful people believe that God is good and loving and caring, then God remains good and loving and caring no matter the good or the bad circumstances in our own lives. 
Job's response to losing nearly everything that has given his life meaning is, in fact, to praise the one who gave him those gifts in the first place. Finding himself in the middle of so much loss and so much grief and sadness, the people around Job, they keep asking some variation of the same question over and over again, which is, why? Why would this happen to you? Why are you being punished? Why should you have to endure so much? And Job instead chooses to change the question. He responds with, who? Who is the one who has promised to walk beside us through the darkest of valleys? Who is the one who has promised to weep when we weep and rejoice when we rejoice? More than that, later on in Job, we hear these echoes of the Psalms pointing to this God as our great creator, provider of all that we see and all that we have. Those words that Peter read of Psalm 8, they marvel at the way God is so great and powerful to have established the moon and the stars and put the planets into orbit. God is named as the giver of life, the creator of all living things we see. And maybe Job had those words in mind, those images, so that even when he is stripped of all that has given him purpose in this life, Job clings to this God who has given him life in the first place. The story of Job really tells us that both praise and lament have a place in faith. That we can be perfectly pleased with God or incredibly angry. We, both weariness or total delight with God, they each have a place in our lives of faith. But even in the midst of either joy or sadness, we believe that God is still present. We don't need an answer to the question of why in order to know who has promised to surround us with unending peace or immeasurable love. I will be very honest with you all this morning that there have been times in this last year or so that I have felt like I am living a real-life, grown-up version of Alexander in the terrible, horrible, no-good day. Between living through a pandemic that we have all experienced that has left most of us feeling exhausted and isolated and weary, in my house, Allison dealt with a cancer diagnosis a little over a year ago and treatment, and that was overwhelming. Not to mention watching our own parents deal with their health challenges as well. At one point, a pipe burst in our bathroom and the lower level flooded. Our dog tore her ACL. I didn't even know dogs could tear their ACLs and she needed major surgery. And then, of course, you turn on the news and there's political fighting and various climate disasters all over the world and heartbreaking headlines every single day that makes you feel like the world is just about to end. And it is downright hard sometimes to find good in any given day. And so about a year or so ago, our family at least started a new ritual. As part of our bedtime routine before we go to sleep, we each name something that we are grateful for from that particular day. Our six-month-old Micah, he can't talk yet, but we think most days it's his bottle that he is grateful for. And the two of us, we started to notice a trend that almost always what we named were people. 
We named how we were grateful for a conversation with our sibling on a given day or our neighbor who graciously mowed our lawn when she could tell we were just stretched thin last week. We named gratitude for doctors who have cared for family members or thankful for a laugh with a colleague that just brightened our day enough. Over this past year, it has been so easy to ask questions that start with why. Why do bad things keep happening? Why do I feel so overwhelmed? Why won't this terrible pandemic just end already? And on and on and on. But at the end of every day in our house, it seems like our family has been able to turn to the who. Who has shown us compassion and care? Who has helped me feel the love of God that much closer? Who has helped me find the good in an otherwise maybe awful day? And it is that ability to see something bigger than just the challenge that's right in front of us, that opportunity to find gratitude even when nothing else seems to be going our way. That's what helps us think less about why bad things happen and allows us to focus more on the who that surrounds us when they do. Maybe today you have found yourself feeling a little bit like Alexander in the midst of a terrible, horrible day or month or year. Or maybe this is a wonderful, joy-filled season for you as well. Whatever the case may be for each of us, God has promised to be present with us now, no matter what our days hold. So that for each of us, it's my hope that we can find a way to follow Job's lead, to turn all of our questions of why into who. Who has promised comfort in the midst of those bad days? It is God, the giver of life. Amen. to see you. I want to see
This is our time now to pray as the people of God, remembering the words that Christ has first taught us. So join me if you'd like as we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Whether today is amazingly happy for you and filled with joy, or whether you find yourself in the middle of a terrible, horrible, no-good season of your life, may you know today that God has promised to walk beside you in all circumstances. May you feel the unending peace of God surrounding you today and always. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way, you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.